0: Good morning. Good morning. I certainly enjoyed that sweet and humble prayer. I enjoyed the singing. It's good to be here at Buffalo. I'm thankful for the privilege of being able to be here with this sweet and dear brother that I've known ever since he's moved down from New York. Yes, sir. Uh, he's a foreigner, but he's. we're going to welcome him anyhow. <laughs> love you, brother. Amen. Love you,
1: too,
0: I'm not going to take up much of this time, uh, the time allotted to Brother Mm -hmm. Hedid. Y'all see me too much here, but it's good to to be with each one of you. I want to read some scriptures found in the 37th uh, Psalm of David. And there's uh, four particular scriptures that I I want to just reference for a moment. The 37th Psalm reads like this, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For mm-hmm. right. they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herbs. Trust in the Lord Amen. and do good. So shall thy dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty good. Yes, sir. Trust in the Lord and thou shalt be fed. And I believe we... Come here today to be fed. Uh, I, I think that's a, uh And I know that you trust in the Lord. You wouldn't be here if you didn't right. trust in the Lord. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? it is. Trust in the Lord. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Think about that. Yes. Now, these are promises of God. But, I mean, think about it god doesn't lie about anything when he makes a promise to you it's a promise Mm -hmm. delight thyself in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart he's not talking about the things of this world now when he's talking about that he's talking about the spiritual things that you need to get by in this life that's the things that he's saying that we should desire and need to desire And will give us peace when we do desire. And then he says, Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 16 and 3 reads, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Thy thoughts shall be established. So we... Go about doing righteous works. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts will be upon the Lord. I I think that's what he's saying. And then he says, uh, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as a light and thy judgment as the Mm noonday. Then he says, rest in the Lord Mm -hmm. and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of, of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass and cease from anger and forsake wrath. I wanted to get those four points across that he made there. He said, Trust in the Lord, delight thyself in the Lord, commit thy ways unto the Lord, and rest in the Lord. Amen. Those are the things that I wanted to bring out Amen. if I could. And then there's one other place I want to go to and I'll, I'll sit down in in First Peter, and in the uh, fifth chapter, uh, in the sixth verse of the fifth chapter, it reads, "Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. In due time, cast all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you."
1: Appreciate the opportunity to be here, and even if I get up here and have nothing of, of benefit to say, we have been tremendously blessed by the song service. I felt God's presence. Uh, it's always good when my watch goes off and says that it's too loud, the decibel levels are too high. That's always a good sign in the song service. I give God praise for that. I felt I felt the Spirit of God as we were singing. I appreciated the dear sweet prayer by your pastor. I appreciated the wonderful opening uh, by Elder Broadway. Um, Brother Broadway has one of the sweetest spirits of any human being I have ever been around. Um, And that is a tremendous blessing. He reminds me so much of the spirit of my dear sweet father in the ministry, Elder Lois Fuller. Um, Just two men that that, uh, when when you're around them, kindness seems to just exude from them in a a sweet savor. So uh, just so thankful for Brother Broadway and the love that we share. Uh, Psalm 37, I'm I'm just going to touch on a few things before I get into where I believe God put me today. But uh, verse 23 is one of my favorites. In Psalm 37, where Brother Broadway was, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now we know that uh, Psalm 14 tells us there is none that is good. Um, We understand, no, not one. Um, And we understand that in Romans chapter 3, he tells us that all of our works are as filthy rags. He tells us that in and of ourselves we are totally depraved. And In and Psalm, uh, D- Psalm 37, David is not, I repeat, he is not contradicting the very thing that he said in Psalm 14. But what he does say, he continues on in verse 24. He says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If a man is following what God has commanded of him, then he is doing a good work. Then he is benefiting, in doing what he has called to do. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And that is twofold. If you are following what God is calling you to do, you will not only delight physically, you will delight spiritually, you will delight yourself, but he himself will be delighted when you do what he has called you to do. Um, it, it is amazing as a father. I look on my children uh, who are now grown, although technically 21 and 19 are not grown, but it is grown in the eyes of the world. Um, I look at them and I delight in their in their in their struggles. I delight in their in their in their uh, in their in their workings, but I truly delight. When I see evidence that God is with them. I I truly delight when I feel the presence of God in their spirits. Um, And God's the same way. When he feels us knowing that he has blessed us. This morning in the song service... I felt so convicted that I deserved to hell. I deserved to burn in hell. I truly, there is nothing I have ever done on this earth and nothing I ever will do on this earth that has, that has given me uh, admission uh, to, to the glory on high. That, that has even given me the admission to hear the name God mentioned or to hear his song sung. I I felt so burdened with the fact that I am poor, weak, and worthless. I felt so burdened with the fact that there's nothing that I have ever done that is of benefit. There's nothing I have ever done that has been good in this world in my entire 48 years of existence. But the truth of that matter is, is that yes, this flesh has failed. Yes, as David says in Psalm 14, I am not good. There is none good, no, not one. Yes, as David says in Romans chapter, or as as Paul says in Romans chapter three, my mouth is an open open sepulchre. Uh, All of this is true. But the Spirit of God has helped me throughout my life from when I was a little child to this very moment. And He's delighted in those brief moments when I have done what He has called me to do. They may have been few and they may have been far between, but they 100% were of Him, through Him, and in Him and not in the flesh that I continue to feel failure in. So he says in verse 24, though he fall, even though I feel the least among sinners, the least among God's people, the least even though the Apostle Paul said that he was the chief among sinners, the primary among sinners, even though all of God's children truly at some point in their life, if God has worked on their spirit, feel that way that they have nothing left to offer. Even though we fall, he shall not be utterly cast down because he cannot deny himself he will not deny himself God is true and every other man will be a liar though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down so even though I feel and felt this morning that if I woke up in hell if I die today and I woke up in hell I'm getting exactly what I deserve even though I know that even though I have no claim I have no claim to heaven. I have no claim to Jesus Christ through my actions. I have no claim to God's mercy through my behavior. It is literally as if I have broken into the church of God. And and, and I've broken into his home and I have stolen so many blessings over the years. Just outright stolen. And when God catches me. Red-handed in the middle of the most heinous theft or crime you can imagine, instead of casting me to the to the to the uh, authorities, instead of judging me based on what I've done, he looks at me and says, "Welcome home, son." Hmm. He looks on me and he says, "Well done, good and faithful servant," because when he looks on me, he doesn't see my sin; he sees my Savior, Amen. he sees his son. He sees perfection. Because of that fact, I'm not utterly cast down. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I say that if I go to hell, I will be fully and completely understanding. But the truth of the matter is, I cannot go to hell because God has paid that debt and Satan has no claim on this soul. This soul is the property of God God eternal, of the creator king, because even though I fall down, he lifts me up. Even though my steps are not always good, his steps are always righteous and never fail. In verse 25, he says, I have been young. (laughs) Amen to that. We've been there. I've done young. I had a, a guy at work the other day say to me, it was actually yesterday, Saturday morning. He was talking about his children. And he said, I wish I could go back and start over. And I said, you couldn't pay me to start over. I have no desire You know, I look at my 21 and my 19 year old and as I was driving over here I was having memories of when I was 21 and 19 and and memories of time past and I've already done that. I've already failed miserably as a 19 year old. I don't need to go back and fail again. I don't need that opportunity. I have been young and now I'm old. And and the truth of the matter is uh, when, when... you know, no one likes to admit it, but you get to the point to where I'm 48, almost 49 years old. I'll be 50 next year, and 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 nobody has ever said 50 is young. And now let me hear you that say there are people that are 70 that are saying that 50 is young. There's people that are 90. You know, Pappy John Harrison, 97 years old, tells me I'm young, and, and in a sense, he's correct. I'm young compared to him. But the word of God tells me that 3 score a year and 10 if by manner of health 4 score a year, that's 70 or 80 years is what I get. And 50 is is a large chunk of that time. I'll consider myself old. I've got gray hair and I'm bald. So I'm officially bold. I'm officially old. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken? Yet God has not ever failed. And He's not going to start today. People worry that the world is getting worse. People worry that the world is going to change in such a way that, 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 that it's, it's so bad now, it's never been this bad. Guess what? It's always been this bad. It's always been this bad. We just have more access to know how bad it is. We just have more information that allows you to verify that the world is an open cesspool, that the world is a septic tank overflowing. We just have access to understand that. We have access to understand that our mouths and other mouths are open, open sepulchres. We understand that now just the way that they didn't understand back then. When the Apostle Paul was in Rome, he would have to get a letter from the church at Ephesus and send a letter to the church at Ephesus. Nowadays, the church at Ephesus knew the Apostle Paul was wearing orange socks when he was preaching on Mars Hill. Everything is known everywhere at all times. Instant. That's not a good thing when it comes to the evil of the world. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken? nor his seed begging bread. We're not going to be left. We're not going to be abandoned. David knew this. David said when his son died, he said, I shall go to him. He shall not come to me. He knew so much more than what we understand that David knew. Jesus Christ himself said that John the Baptist was the greatest of the Old Testament uh, uh, prophets, but least in the kingdom of heaven, that's us here, is greater than he, has more knowledge than he has. We know more than David knew, and yet David was able to see and understand things that we look past, that we don't comprehend Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth. He's never going to stop showing mercy to us. Oh, Brother Ed, I've gone too far over the road. I've gone too far past. I've had that discussed with me by people. I am too bad of a sinner for God to love me. I have had people say to me before that you don't understand the thoughts in my head. You don't understand how far past redemption I have come. There is no past redemption. Understand that. I don't care if you've been out of the church for 50 years, I don't care if you've cursed the name of God, I don't care if you've said that God has never loved me, God has never been with me, God, if you've abandoned God in all of His ways, if you are a child of God, and you turn around, God is there waiting, not humble, not, not, not pitifully. Not, not in such a way, not begging you, not saying, if you don't, I won't be happy, because God's happiness is not, uh, is, is not contingent on our obedience. Understand that. God, ha- God is thrilled. God is joyful. God will go after the ninety and nine, but guess the, the one that's gone, as we sung. But if he doesn't get that one, God is still God and God is still glorified. But guess what? He's going to get that one eternally. Amen and amen. He's not going to lose a one. But say here on this earth that there is one that continues to wander in the, in the depths of sin and depravity and misery and, and, and just continues to live a life of sin and debauchery and filth. If they are God's children, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Right. That's, grace. That's, grace. That's grace. That's mercy. That's all of the things that we've been talking about. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. No matter how far you've gone, he is there. Verse 27, depart from evil and do good. But he's telling, David's telling us, we should depart from evil and do good. It is right and just to come before God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is what our reasonable service it's not unreasonable to do good. It's not unreasonable to depart from evil. And then verse twenty-seven, he says, "and dwell forevermore, and stay in it." I've heard some ministers preach that uh, that, uh, that that if you don't persevere here on earth, I haven't heard I haven't heard a sound minister in the Primitive Baptist Church preach this, but I have heard some ministers preach that if you don't persevere here on earth then you were never a child of God to begin with that's foolishness right. that is heresy that is filth that is that is confusion Calvinism. it's Calvinism but I mean it's 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 wrong. it's wrong it's wrong perseverance and preservation are not two sides of the same coin yeah. preservation is this glorious Fort Knox filled, magnificent gold bars as far as the eyes can see. That's preservation. Perseverance is a $5 bill. I mean, yes, yes, it's good to have it. It's good to persevere, and we should persevere. I'm not telling any of y'all not to persevere, but what I'm telling you, comparing God's preservation to our perseverance is comparing all the gold in Fort Knox to a $5 bill. It's just not comparable. It's not two sides of the same coin. Lord, help us to persevere. God already has preserved. Amen. Amen Thank you, Brother Garland, for bringing those thoughts to my mind (laughs) that we're not there to begin with. But again, my thoughts today, and and for time's sake, it's going to be a shorter sermon, which is good. We're not going to go as many places as I want to, but I really really had this on my mind this morning. So it's in Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5 and in verse (laughs) 1. There's such a beautiful uh, a beautiful thought the Apostle Paul gives to the church uh, there at Rome, and, and he gives it to each and every one of us. The book of Romans is truly a masterpiece of God's creation. Uh, the book of Romans is truly uh, a guidebook for, for our life here on earth. It's a guidebook for perseverance. It's a guidebook for doing what is good. It's a guidebook for being righteous in God's eyes. It's a guidebook for following what God has commanded. It's a guidebook for understanding that even though we are going to fail, God is not going to fail, that he's going to lift us up, that, that, that we are going to be 100% taken care of. But it's it's a guidebook for what the uh, what, what David was talking about in Psalm 37. But in chapter 5 and in verse 1, he says, Therefore being justified by faith. What a great thing feeling and today I can tell you that you and I both are justified by faith we are justified we are righteous we are we are we are filled we are we are uh, uh, we are given access to God through faith we are given full access to Jesus Christ through him through Jesus Christ Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry about ever waking up in hell. I don't have to worry about ever breaking the gates of hell wide open. I don't have to worry about standing before God on that final judgment day and him saying unto me, Remember what you did when you were 16 and him saying unto me remember that day that you did this and him standing up there with a screen behind me replaying every sinful thought every sinful action every sinful moment of my life And then Him replaying every time I preach the gospel, which nobody wants to see, and replaying every other aspect of my life when I tried to do good, and then sitting there and saying, well, it looks like this outweighs this, and you can go to heaven in the judgment that people, and and good Christian people believe that their judgment is going to be. I mean, sincere, God-fearing, God-loving Christians believe that there is going to be a balance even though they say they don't believe there's going to be a balance, they try to do more good than bad to keep that balance up. I could leave here and do good every second for the rest of my life and live another 48 years. And I won't even come close to making up for the evil that I've already committed in the 48 years I've been here. But I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I don't have to sincerely think that I deserve hell. Because even though I know that I deserve hell, even though I know that there's no good in me, even though I know that I'm a poor, weak, worthless sinner, even though there are moments that I'm sitting in a pew and I feel just so depressed that that's where I deserve to be, God has given me peace and justified me before him in his son Jesus Christ and that is a wonderful release it's as if my mortgage is 100% paid it's as if my power bill is 100% paid it's as if my food my my food and my drinks and in my children's college is all 100% paid all of these things that we have earthly tallies that we keep up with, that we have earthly things that we pay with, all of these things that worry us day after day as inflation rallies and goes up and up and the stock market crashes and, and, and the world seems to be going to ruin financially, all of these things that, that we worry about are nothing compared to our eternal salvation and I can tell each and every one of you that our eternal salvation is paid in full. That's right. Amen. Nothing else really matters. Now, does it matter that we take care of our family? Yes. Does it matter that we persevere in the faith? Yes, people are going to go home, Brother Ed says I can go sin all that I want. Brother Ed says I can go on down to the bar tonight and then go home with whomever I want to go home with and I can, I can, I can go rob a bank and, and Brother Ed says that money's mine. And, and, and they're going to stand before an earthly judge and say, well, Brother Ed said I can do it. No, it doesn't work that way. We have obligations in the flesh. We have obligations to provide for our family. We have obligations to take care and to not be infidels. We have obligations to love one another as the Lord God Jesus Christ loves us. We have obligations to to, to love our neighbor as, as much as we love ourselves. And I'm here to tell you, I love me some Brother Ed. As much as I hate me some Brother Ed, I love me some Brother Ed. I have an obligation to love others more than I love myself. But just because I have all these things, such a joy to rest. In that verse, we are justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 29 Jesus is ready to die. Jesus is getting ready to go before the very cross of Calvary, go to to be laid upon it, to carry it, and to be crucified. And he explains to the disciples in verse 29, he explains to the disciples in verses 26, 27, 28, that, that he's come because God loves them, because the Father loves them, and he's come from the Father, and he goes to the world, and he's leaving the world. In verse 29, he says his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things. Finally, finally his disciples get to the point that, whoo! Now we know. We know you know everything. And, and guess what? If you can get to that point today, if you get nothing else of what I'm saying today, it, it, and please don't go rob a bank and please don't go out to a bar, don't, none of those things. But, but if you get nothing else from the sermon I'm trying to preach today, remember this, that Jesus knows everything. There is nothing hidden from him. There is nothing hidden from God. That pack of gum you stole when you were 11, God knows about. That impure thought that you had when you were 24, God knows about. Right. That, 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 that $5 worth of time that you stole from your boss when you were fooling around, when you knew you should have been working, God knows about that. God knows all of it. There is nothing that's hidden from God. God. We all think that our mothers have eyes in the back of their heads and know everything about our lives. And our mothers know more about us than we could ever know that they know about us. My mother still suffering with Alzheimer's and dementia remembers stuff I did 30 years ago. She remembers the bad things I did 30 years ago, but she can't remember if she used the restroom this morning. It's amazing to me the stuff that she remembers by the grace of God. But God, God doesn't forget Anything. No, that's wrong. God was there in the beginning and remembers every aspect of every person's life on this earth. And I thought about that as I was driving here this morning. The thousands of people that I drove past on the interstate, thousands of people, thousands of cars that could have had more than one person in them, thousands of vehicles. Thousands of homes that I drove past just in my little hour and 20-minute drive across West Tennessee. Multiply that times a million. Multiply that times a billion. And that's how many people there are that have lived on this earth and that will live on this earth that God knows every single thought they've ever had. Then try to figure out that the very sparrows that are flying around here, try to figure out the very mosquitoes that are flying around here, try to figure out that every blade of grass that is on the earth today, that every fish, no matter how deep in the ocean, God has been a part of all of that. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing, right? Let's go a little bit deeper. Think about every star in the sky and every life form that may be on other stars and planets in the sky. Oh, Brother Ed, do you believe in UFOs? All I know is that Jesus Christ is real. But guess what? It wouldn't surprise me that there are other people on other planets. But guess what? They're still under the same God of creation. God has created all of this. The universe is His. Always has been His. Let's get even deeper and wilder. God is above every bit of it. God is outside of this universe. He is above this universe. And he looks down on this universe. And he sees every single one of us. And he loves Every single one of His children. And He has justified every single one of His children in the blood of His only Son. There is not a Jesus for every single planet. If there are more planets, there is only one Son of God. And His name is Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, the Anointed, the Messiah. Understand all of that. And they say in verse 30, Now we are, are we sure that thou knowest all things? You know everything. And needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. We believe you are of God. Amen. It only took them three and a half years. 33 and a half if you think about it. With, of his life. But three and a half years of his ministry. Before they finally say, we believe you. <laughs> That's that's, that's encouraging to a minister of the gospel. The, The very son of God at the end, only at the end do they finally understand. Jesus answered them, do ye now believe? Do you really believe? Do you really believe? Do you really believe? And he's telling us that same thing here today. Do you really believe that you are justified? Do you really believe you are redeemed? Do you really believe I am God and from God? Behold, the hour cometh. Yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Everyone else is going to leave him. And then he's going to be on a cross. And the only one there with him. Yes, John's there. Yes, Mary's mother is there. Yes, we understand that. But the only one there with him when he dies is God eternal. And then God himself must separate himself from his son so that his son may do the calling, the redeeming that he came to this earth to do. Verse 33, these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. That's what we are supposed to achieve through faith. That's what he's saying in Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a peace in knowing that it's all taken care of, there is a peace in knowing that he has paid the sin debt completely. There is a peace in In knowing that no matter how miserable the world gets, he has already paid and it is already taken care of. There is a peace in that. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. And he goes on to tell us clearly in the world ye shall have tribulation. There are ministers out there that preach, all you have to do is follow God and your life is going to be filled with sunshine and rainbows and money and prosperity and your life will be filled. All you have to do is give more and God will give back. You cannot outgive God. All of this is a foolish doctrine that is written by people who are looking to get more for themselves, that are doing the opposite of what God has commanded his ministers to do. The exact opposite of what God has commanded his ministers to do. The apostle Paul never sought for monetary gain. He was thankful for any and all assistance that was given to him in the service of God, but he continued to build tents and continued to do whatever he could do to provide for others. There is nobody who outgave the apostle Paul in time, effort, and dare I say money. The apostle Paul gave. Somebody preaches to you that if you just give a little bit more, God'll give you even more back. That's not doctrinal. That is not scriptural. That is not what God intended carnal. It's fleshy. It's of the flesh. We all want more money. There is none of us. If my boss called me up this afternoon and said, Brother Ed, I'm giving you a 10% raise because the cost of living has gone up so much and I want you to have more money. I am not going to say unto him, oh no, 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 no. No, I don't need that. No, give it to somebody else. Now, Brother Ed, surely, surely you, a man of God, would say, give that to somebody else. No, if somebody offers me more money to do my job, I'm going to do my best to be thankful for it. But it's difficult to to say, I don't want that. Because it offers more comfort, it offers more security, it offers more uh, uh, ability to live in a lifestyle that you're not worried where your next meal is going to come from. And I've never suffered from a meal, praise God for that, and I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. There's a reason I'm going to end before 12, because we all want to eat. I know he said, take your time, Brother Ed, but Brother Fuller told me so many times... There is nothing that can be said that is going to shake people's minds off the fact that there's food behind you waiting to be eaten. In the world you shall have tribulation. You shall have trouble. You're going to have trouble. We're going to have issues. It's going to happen. There's going to be health problems. There's going to be money problems. There's going to be family problems. There's going to be disobedient children. There's going to be disobedient parents. There's going to be uh, 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 sins that come out to light. There's going to be sins that stay hidden. Just because a sin is hidden doesn't make it any less of a sin, people. Don't, don't forget that. But there are going to be sins that stay hidden. And there's going to be sins that come to light. All of these things are going to happen. You will have tribulation But he doesn't leave them there. He says, but be of good cheer. Be happy. Be happy. Be happy. I have overcome the world. He has given us so much more than we could ever thank him for. He's given us so much more than we could ever understand. If I did preach an extra hour on justification, if I did preach an extra hour on faith, if I did preach an extra hour through the doctrines of, of that continues in Romans 8, it would be a benefit to your spirit. Yes, it would be a benefit to your spirit to hear these things. But I'm here to tell you if I went on for 10 days, I couldn't even begin to touch the surface doesn't mean we don't need to try, but what it does mean is we need to understand it so much more than we can understand. So back to our text. Therefore being justified, chapter 5 of Romans. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We are standing in that knowledge and rejoicing in that fact and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, we rejoice in the fact that we are redeemed. We rejoice in the fact that we are justified. We rejoice in the fact that it's all paid. We rejoice in the fact that Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin and left a crimson stain, but he washed us white as snow. And he says in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. That's the hardest concept for the human body to understand that we are to rejoice when we are happy and we are to rejoice when we are suffering. I have been in the low points. Y'all know this. Y'all have been there as well. I have been at points where I have felt like the only option for relief from the sorrowful pain in my soul and in my heart would be if God would just come and get me now. We've all been in physical pain that we've thought, oh, just just let me die. I mean, I know all of us have been in physical pain. Even if we're just saying it in passing, we say it. Even if we don't mean it, we say it. We've all been in emotional, spiritual pain When we lose someone we love, why couldn't it have been me? Why couldn't it have been me? It's mine. Take me. Take me. When someone we love is suffering, why is this not happening to me? We've all been there. I've been that low. You've been that low. There's no need to hide it. There's no need to be embarrassed about it. There's no need to, to shy away from it. We need to admit it that we have been that low. But when we get that low, we are also to rejoice. We are also to rejoice in the tribulation that we're facing because even at the lowest of lows, God still gave you peace with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's still giving it to us. We glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience. I might have said this here before the the tracking of your children is the worst invention that that anything is ever given you know knowing where my kids are it absolutely drives me crazy and and I have to do my best to not look when they're away at college When, when Grace is four and a half hours away in Louisville Kentucky and when Josie is two and a half hours away in Murfreesboro Tennessee I do not look at their locations because even though I can just very easily pinpoint what they're doing, when they're doing, where they're at, how they're doing, just based on their location. It is a trial and it is a pain and it is a burden. And patience is what God has given me from checking over the years to not check it all. To not look at it at all. Because I've worked through the tribulation to the point that I've got patience. And patience, experience. I have experience with the pain it causes me, so I don't go back there. And experience, hope. I know that God has delivered them every other time, and so God will deliver them again. And if the worst thing happens, if something tragic happens to these two beautiful girls that I love more than I love myself, if something tragic happens to my children, they will end up in the hands of a just and righteous father. That's the hope that I've got. And hope maketh not ashamed. Not be ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. One last place I want to go. I have several places I wanted to go, but again, we're at 1153. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have the faith chapter. Um, and, uh, there's so much in there, but, but, uh, but the truth of the faith chapter, it's, it's actually faith is mentioned 24 times in, in the faith chapter. The word faith is mentioned and and it's only mentioned 247 times in the entire Bible. So one tenth of all of faith is mentioned in the faith chapter. Interesting and beautiful fact, but one other time it's mentioned is in chapter 12, which is the fulfillment of chapter 11. He says in chapter 12 and verse 1, saying, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. What does that mean? Peace. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us. Lay aside the weight, give us peace, and the sin which is constantly with us, set it off to the side. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. People say the Apostle Paul did not write the book of Hebrews. He is fully completing his thoughts that he had over in Romans 5 about patience coming forth from the faith. And then he says in verse 2, the completion of it. Looking unto Jesus, the author... Who is the person who wrote it, who did it, who, who brought it about, the author and the finisher. The one that allows us to have it of our faith. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The very faith that we have is in Jesus Christ. The very faith that we have that he proceeded to tell us about, that these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace in the world. Ye shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The very same man who said that is the very same God of creation, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross because He knew what His sacrifice would provide, He endured the burden of the cross, despising the shame, despising what had to be done, despising the fact that it needed to be done, despising the fact that it was required of Him, despising the fact that because of us He was on that cross, despising the shame. When you think about it, When you think about it, just your sin is enough to put Christ on the cross. He didn't have to die for anybody else's sin. Your sin is more than enough for the punishment that he received. Yet he took the sin of all those that God saw fit to give to him before any of this ever started spinning. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 1 despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God at this very moment. I have faith that at this very moment, Jesus Christ, the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ, is seated on the right hand of God. Not the spirit of Jesus Christ. The very body. The very body that hung on the cross. The very body that was born in the Virgin Mary. The very body that... That, that, that uh, went into the temple in John chapter 3 and, 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 and John chapter 2 and tore up the temple and, and, and cleansed the temple. The very body that hung on the cross, that rose from the grave, that ascended up to heaven, is seated on the right hand of God. I have faith. And that faith was provided by that man. And that man is the author and finisher of my faith. And I have peace because of that understanding.